Good morning, everyone. Come on in and find a place, and we'll begin. Before chapel uh, starts, I want to say to you, a number of you have gone online looking for your attendance. Just be aware that on our website there is a technical difficulty, and you can go to Bear Web to figure out what your attendance is. Don't panic when you go there. Uh, things are okay. Anniversaries of significant days are always important to think on. Sometimes they're hard, sometimes helpful, sometimes both. That's certainly the case for us here in the Central Texas community. Tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the West tragedy. And you're probably sitting near some people who were connected to that in very direct ways, maybe grew up in West. And so let's be mindful of that, especially tomorrow. And as we pray tomorrow, remember those who will be in a hard but maybe a good place as they reflect on the meaning of that day. We're in the middle of Holy Week, and as part of our observance today, we're going to do something that has never been done in the 168 years of Baylor Chapel. We're going to pray the Stations of the Cross. Some of you have done that along the way because you're Catholic, Episcopalian perhaps, and it's familiar to you. For lots of you, this will be the first time you've ever entered into this kind of practice. It's an ancient practice that developed in many ways just out of who, who we are as human beings. We seem to be made to, to journey. It's like we want to go on a pilgrimage. It's why you felt such excitement the day you stepped onto the Baylor campus having left home. Something about this is in your, your DNA and certainly in the DNA of our faith. They would say in scripture, my father was a wandering Aramean. In other words, in the desert, you had to stay on the move. Our faith was born on the move. And it's a great metaphor, isn't it? That you have to keep seeking. You have to keep going on this journey together. So it's in our DNA to make a journey. And that's really what the Stations of the Cross are about. But it, it, it developed in particular because... Christians, as they left Jerusalem, would make a pilgrimage back to the Holy Land, as some do today. They would go back and they would go to these special sacred places, none more significant than the Via Doloroso, is the way of suffering. So they would go to the places where Jesus was as he moved towards the cross and they would pray and try to get near to that moment and also be shaped by it as they prayed and obviously it was a very physical thing to touch and to be there and to stand and to see. As Christianity spread and society changed, most people couldn't make that journey back to Jerusalem, could they? So churches, the church developed this pattern of praying with stations that were depicted artistically uh, often in, in churches. By the 17th century, almost every church would have the stations of the cross. Through the years, the numbers have changed. This morning, we'll actually be praying eight of the stations, sort of a Baptist version of something John Paul, 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 John Paul did a few years ago. Um, we'll be praying, and, and it's different in that your eyes are open and you're trying to let the images, for us, there'll be pictures this morning, speak to you and draw you more deeply into the Paschal mystery, the mystery of God's suffering. Every year as Christians, we come back to this, and we come back to it. And every time we do, life has changed. Maybe there's been an explosion in your community, and you know something about suffering now. 
And so you enter into it as a different person each time, but deeper and deeper into this journey that leads us to salvation and paradoxically to life. There'll be prompts for us, words to say together on the screen as always. But now, I want to invite you to enter into this reverently. Perhaps you're, you're not a Christian and you're here. Thank you for being respectful of this moment, especially this moment. We always ask that of you. But I want to invite you to be awake. Put away books and reverence what Christians have done together for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Let's prepare our hearts now to pray the Stations of the Cross.
Will you join me as we read responsively from the book of Isaiah? Who has believed what we have heard? For he grew up before him like a young plant. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He was despised and rejected by others. As one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. Just as the story of humanity begins in a garden, so does the story of Christ's passion. Jesus takes his friends to a secluded place to pray. He pours out his heart to God, his disciples sleep. Knowing what is ahead, he asks for the cup of death to pass from his lips, but he submits to God's will. It is here that Christ sweat drops of blood as he wrestled with his call, praying for the strength to respond. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate on the ground in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Pray together now in unison. Jesus, our Christ, like your first disciples, we are near to you but not awake. We are asleep and cannot comprehend the cup that is before you. We are asleep and cannot perceive what is taking place in you. We are asleep and do not understand what we're being called to do. Awaken us, Lord Jesus, and may we embrace the cup offered to us. Join responsibly as I read what's in light print, you read what's in bold. Lamb of God. Slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God. May we we know know the the fellowship fellowship of of your your suffering. small scandal that one of Jesus' own would betray him. One of the twelve, one who had heard all that Jesus taught, one who saw all the miracles he performed, delivered him up to the temple guards. Although there was some silver exchanged, we don't know his motives, but we do know ours, and we know that they fall short. Then, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who had come from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had arranged a signal with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him and lead him away securely. He came and immediately went over to Jesus and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. At this they laid hands on him and arrested him. praying together. Jesus, our teacher, like Judas, we have misunderstood you. We have had other agendas. We have manipulated things. In darkness, we have formed other alliances. We have exchanged life for lesser things. We have betrayed you. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. And like you, may we forgive those who have betrayed us. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. 
Lamb of God. May, May we, we know, know the fellowship, fellowship of your, your suffering. suffering. Judas's betrayal shed Christ's blood, it was Peter's denial that broke Christ's heart. Peter was not only a follower, he was a friend. Ordinarily bold and courageous on this night, he was scared and cowering, denying that he knew the accused in order to save his own skin. He buckled under the weight of the risk that attended friendship with Jesus. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too are with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. Even your speech gives it away. At that, he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. Praying together. Jesus, our friend, like Peter, we have overestimated our goodness. We have not known ourselves. We have lied to ourselves and been controlled by our fear, our anger, and our desires. In doing so, we have denied you. Restore us, Lord Jesus, and grant us the courage to be faithful always. Lamb of God, Slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God. May we know the fellowship of your suffering.
Jesus stands before Pilate bound. Here before Pilate is freedom itself, made prisoner by selfish ambition, rivalry, fear, and ignorance. Yet this powerful Roman is amazed by Jesus' peace, his quiet strength. Pilate does not have that strength. He bows to the whim of the crowd in the fear of Caesar, and he passes the sentence of death. The chief priests with the elders and the scribes, that is, the whole Sanhedrin, held the council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to them in reply, You say so. The chief priests accused him of many things. Again, Pilate questioned him, Have you no answer? See how many things they have accused you of. Jesus gave him no further answer, and Pilate was amazed. Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas and handed Jesus over to be crucified. praying together. Jesus, our Redeemer, like those who arrested you, we have bound you. We have been afraid of who you are and what you might do in our lives. We have placed limitations around your love for us, and so we are enslaved. Free us, Lord Jesus, and bind us to yourself. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God, who takes Jesus away the sins sin of, of the world. Lamb of God. May we know the fellowship of your suffering. punishment Jesus endured is a vivid treat, tr testament to the cruelty humankind is capable of. Behold the man, savagely beaten, tortured with all the know-how Rome could muster, and mocked as a peasant with kingly ambitions. Jesus' blood is shed. He is not the first to be treated in this, in this way, but only he, true God and true man, through such treatment claim to bear the sins of the world. 
Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Praying together. Jesus, our suffering servant, like those who condemned you, we have arrogantly assumed the role of condemner. Like those who hurt you, we have inflicted pain on those we should be cherishing. We have not seen one another as sons and daughters of God. We have not recognized the Holy One in our midst. Save us, Lord Jesus, and fill our hearts with your compassion. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, may we know the fellowship of your suffering. Having been beaten, is compelled to take up his cross. The crowd which once welcomed him into the city as king now calls for his death and even claims loyalty to their bitter enemy, the Caesar. Sin makes strange bedfellows. And now Jesus takes up his cross, marching through the seething crowd on his last lonely walk to the place of his execution. When the chief priests and the guards saw Jesus, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. They cried out, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, or in Hebrew, Golgotha.
praying together. Jesus, our King, those you came to love rejected you, and like them, we have rejected your sovereignty over us. You came to claim us for an eternal realm, and we have foolishly made our home in this realm. We have become citizens of this kingdom, and it is this rejection that weighs you down and not a wooden cross even now. Forgive us and rule us, Lord Jesus, that we might know the riches of your kingdom. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, may we know the fellowship of your suffering. Jesus makes an unlikely friend, a man named Simon. He has no plans to carry a cross this day, but somehow he is picked out of the jostling crowd to carry a cross that isn't his, to help a man that he does not know. He shoulders the burden and walks away changed. His sons, years later, would testify to their father's unwitting part in the drama of salvation made possible by an act of kindness to a stranger. They pressed into service a passerby, Simon, the Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Praying together. Jesus, our fallen Lord, like Simon, we have been asked to bear this burden with you. We've been compelled to share in the mystery of your suffering. We've been called to take part in your redemptive work. Give us strength, Lord Jesus, that we might be able to share your faith for the life of the world. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, may we know the fellowship of your suffering. Broken one. 
Jesus, the author of life, dies. This is the heart of the mystery of salvation. Somehow life comes into the world through death. Light comes into the world by being snuffed out. Jesus, in taking on the fullness of the human condition, with all of its suffering and of all, all of its mortality, makes possible the hope for transformation through the resurrection. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him, the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Praying together. Jesus, our way, our truth, our life. Like you, we have taken up a cross. Like you, we are being led. Like you, we have chosen the way of surrender. As you were between thieves on the cross, we too are caught in between. In between good and evil, heaven and earth. We suffer in between our sinfulness and our glory. Remember us, Lord Jesus, that if we die with you, we may also live with you. Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, may we know the fellowship of your suffering. Parting in silence as you leave chapel today. Go in peace. <laughs>